you, Tyler. Yeah, Emma. It's fall. We love the vibes. And I want to know, what are some of your favorite fall activities? Ugh, Emma, you know, I I like pumpkin picking. That is darling. Yes. Good one. Classic. Yes, thank um, you. I also really love getting lost in corn mazes. Oh my God, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I love digging up and harvesting skeletons. Wait, what? Yeah, you know, like digging up skeletons from just like a random field, like just quirky fall things. Hey, Tyler. Skeletons are like... Halloween staple, and they're, like, spooky and scary and stuff, but what do you mean harvesting them? literally just what I said, and you get to, like, dress them up in the pumpkins that you picked and just have fun with them. I can't say that that is a tradition that I have ever heard of. It's so much fun, Emma, and then afterwards, they all get to, like, dance around this pole with ribbons. It's like Midsommar. That sounds like it's from a horror movie about a cult. And I want to be the May Queen. All right. Well, I think you'd be really great at that. (laughs) I'm Emma Meyer. And I'm Tyler Strandberg. And you're listening to Keyframe Reframe. On this podcast, we watch the Cartoon Network show Over the Garden Wall and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was and give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to Keyframe Reframe. Okay, you know, we're already one in, Emma. We're diving into the second one. Here we are. Second episode, which is titled Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite episodes in the whole series. Oh, my God. Stop. You need to save this for the verdict. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I'm like, I don't want to know if this is going to make your top three best episodes list. Just, just hinting. Just, I just, just anyway, little, okay. You're I'll dropping the, Emma, this is a spoiler podcast as we talked about, <laughs> but like, I don't want those spoilers yet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, in this episode, we see Beatrice, a talking bluebird, joining the brothers and their frog after they help her out of a bush. The trio arrive in a strange town called Pottsfield, which appears to be deserted. They find that the town is holding their annual harvest festival in a barn, which is disrupted by the group's arrival. The residents, who seem to be living pumpkins, sentence the trio to a few hours of manual labor. After being freed, the brothers decide to follow Beatrice to a woman named Adelaide, who she claims can help them get home. The episode premiered on Cartoon Network on November 3rd, 2014, and was written by Bert Ewan Aaron Reiner, and Patrick McHale. This is actually the same day that the last episode premiered. <gasps> so when this came out on Cartoon Network, it was released over the series of like four or five days. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think it's five days. I think they did two episodes at a time. Mm, so I watched it on HBO with friends in college. Yes, so. that is what I did too. You know, usually when we kick off a series, and we didn't write this into the beginning of the first episode, but hey, we're the second episode in. Hey, um, you but liked us. You decided to give us another listen. As of right now, this is available on Hulu and HBO. HBO Max, Mm -hmm. so it's pretty easily accessible. I think it's also available for free on Cartoon Network. Like I don't know, but it's it's a very easy show to watch. It's not hard to find. Make art public for the masses. Do well. There's a lot to unpack in this episode on the whole too. So first, the town name Pottsfield possibly refers to a potter's field or plots of land where farmers and hard laborers were buried back in the day in unmarked graves because they could not afford personal graves with headstones. This could explain why the townspeople are actually skeletons and why Wirt and Greg uncovered the skeletons when digging up the fields. Back in the day, Emma, when was the day? Like the past. But like back when? Like before now. 
but how far in the past? Like yesterday? Like people were doing this like yesterday past? Maybe. We're wow. in the unknown. I think I can name <laughs> things in abstractions, Tyler. I'm sorry. I'm just being mean. You are being mean. <laughs> Please forgive me. Are you hazing me because I'm a new host? <laughs> oh, my God. Is that what this is? No, and- for legal reasons, I have to say that I am not hazing Emma. Okay. <laughs> wink. No. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, so the scene where Wirt and Greg are digging up the graves is a reference to the book Holes by Louise Secar. In the novel, boys must dig holes in a dry lake bed to, as punishment, which is what this scene resembles. Mm. There's like a pretty popular like meme where it's, um, I'm tired of this, Grandpa! And he's like, that's too damn bad! You keep digging! When was the last time you saw holes? That's a pretty major like flashback point for the really? warden. Really? Yes. We have a lot to watch I, together. I'm not sure I've ever seen it in, in its entirety, to be honest. Okay, that's criminal. I've seen bits and pieces on It's one of the Disney best films Channel, ever. But... Talking about the prison industrial complex. Oh, the, shit. I would love that. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're doing well, over we're the garden that to wall, our list. I don't think touches on the prison <laughs> industrial complex, but Tragically, anyway. it doesn't. But what it does touch on is death. So as we find out at the very end of the series, again, we have to mention that we're going to be talking about spoilers. The journey through the unknown is Greg and Wirt headed towards their death. And this is evidenced by Wirt and Greg's entrance to Pottsfield. It's probably the first example in this series about like all the different encounters with death that they have. And it's right. the first big major example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a town compiled of resurrected skeletons disguised as pumpkins. One of the town members even mentions to Wirt that they don't quite fit in because they're still alive. Say, aren't you a little too early? What do you mean? I mean, it doesn't seem like you're ready to join us just yet. Join you? Yeah, no, I'm just passing through. Folks don't tend to pass through Pottsfield. The use of too early implies that they are on their way towards their death, Mm -hmm. which normally doesn't seem too strange because, you know, everyone dies at some point. Too early could just mean not dead yet. But afterwards, she says people don't just pass through, implying that their death is inevitable and permanent, and it's surprising that they're still alive to begin with. Emma, are you saying death is permanent? Are you saying that everybody dies? <laughs> That's morbid. <laughs> this is a kid's show! It's a kid's, but it's a beautiful kid's show about death. It is such death. a great way of like showing this in this very poetic way. I can't believe I just said that. What? It's a beautiful kid's show about death. Put that on my gravestone. I am not... Do you see like, what I did there? That's... <laughs> That's typically not how I pitch people to watch this show. I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's whimsical, it's magical, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for the Avatar podcast, we have the We Stand Katara shirts. Mm-hmm. I think we need for this show, we need to have the "It's a Beautiful Kids Show About Death" <gasps> on a T-shirt. <laughs> that is darling. Okay, let us know if that's something that you guys would want. I'm obsessed maybe. with it. Um, back on topic again. While Pottsfield is the idea of death, Wirt and Greg aren't technically dead yet, so they are allowed to eventually leave. Enoch's comment, who we remember is the large the big pumpkin, pumpkin ruler. Yes, he is the head of the Pottsfield Chamber of Commerce. That's his official title. Oh, wow, good for him. <laughs> he is getting into politics post death. I A second chance at honestly, life. Honestly, <laughs> ambitions. 
Well, Enoch's comment is a hint to the boys that they are on their way towards death and could be joining them soon, also cluing the viewer into what the unknown could be before it's revealed in the final episode. And this episode again plays into themes that we saw in the last episode. Wirt and Greg are not captured by the pumpkin cult like we might think they are, instead giving them a harmless punishment of a couple hours of community service. You know, like... Is it better or worse? Is it better that like they're not going to be like sent put in prison? You know, or is it worse that they're dying? This <laughs> is the community led safety that we are searching for. It's <laughs> so we were introduced to Beatrice this episode. Yes, um, not really. We were introduced to her last episode. We met her last yes. episode. Ooh, but- we met her, but we were introduced mm-hmm. to her in this episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good way of putting it. I didn't think about that. Well, initially, after meeting Greg and Wirt, it's clear that she has a pretty dry, sarcastic personality and doesn't really sugarcoat things. Yeah, she's very no-nonsense. She's easily agitated, and she's emotionally closed off. Beatrice is very frustrating to me. Beatrice tried to help the boys in a previous episode, but of course she was rejected by them. And in this episode, she positions herself as if she's stuck. And then when she gets helped out, she suddenly owes them a favor. This could be, and I think it is, a clever manipulation tactic to stick with the boys and try to manipulate them to get to Adelaide's, which, of course, we find out later is exactly what she's doing. Yeah, I I also think it's a manipulation tactic. When I first watched this, I was like, ooh, that's a red flag right there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's clear that she wants to bring them to Adelaide of the pasture as well, considering how often she brings it up, even telling Greg to ditch Wirt so that they can go together. My brother's name is Wirt. Who cares? And my frog's name's Wirt Jr., but that may change. Okay, that's great. How about you and I ditch your brother? Mm, maybe later. And all of this just begs the question. Okay, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw when I say that. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, I love it. And all of this begs the question, why is she trying to get them to go there? And why is it so important to her? Why does she continue to pressure them to go there rather than ask them how she can actually help them get out of the unknown? And it, obviously it's because she's not actually trying to help them. She's trying to get something that she wants such needs out of them. She's trying to save herself. She is manipulating them. Mm-hmm. I just think it's very weird how, like, immediately she's like, I owe you a favor now. I'm going to do this for you. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, oh, I owe you a favor. What can I do to help you? You know, like, that's just so obvious to me that, like, she doesn't, Mm -hmm. like, it's it's all part of her plan. Yeah. Well, and in this, like, we kind of hear that she's not actually a bluebird, that she's a person. I, okay, Mm -hmm. also love the moment where she's flying and goes, no, waffles make me sick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, isn't it this episode too where she says like she eats bugs or something? Yes, it's like, like literally directly after that. Yeah. God. I eat maggots. I- <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so on the topic of characters, Emma, um my favorite character was Beatrice. Why? <laughs> um so I feel like it's kind of just by default. I don't think she's necessarily my favorite character this episode. I just think she's the most memorable and no one else really, like, stood out to me as, like, someone I really liked. Mm. I do think she's a very, like, she's a bird, right, obviously. But, like, she is, like, a female character. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's totally not everything that you'd think a female character is. Like, she's very (gasps) blunt. She is sarcastic. She is easily irritated. And, like, that is not this, like, stereotypical, like, 
oh, nice bird wants mm. to like help you out. You know, she just throws all of that out the window. Yeah. And like, I am obsessed with that. Um, we talked about this in Avatar, how like, I feel like Toph, they tried to make like, not like other girls, mm-hmm. but they just ended up writing a man character and gendered her as a woman. Totally. I feel like Beatrice is successful in this in that like they don't want to make her into this very like stereotypical woman character and they can mm. give her all of these other traits that we don't usually see portrayed by female characters in media um, and it works very well. Okay, that's a really good point that I absolutely had not thought about because I just felt like Oh, don't get me wrong. She is annoying. Oh, yeah, totally. I just, like, I think the more I watch this, the more I'm like, okay, Beatrice is, like, okay, now I'm, like, kind of thinking as I'm talking, but, like, I always felt like she was just, like, really, right, manipulative, like, really Mm -hmm. quick, like, cutting corners so that she can get right, and she needs to be a person, Mm -hmm. and she's trying to save her family, and, like, that's, again, these are spoilers, but, like, Mm -hmm. and all of that makes a lot of sense, but I also forget that Beatrice is very young, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we see yeah, in other like, parts of the episode that she's, like, a tween. Yeah, that's what I was I was going to say teenager, but, like, a right. young teenager, like, 12 to 14 or something. Right, right. Okay. Well, you might have just changed my mind on my impression of Beatrice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, who was your favorite character this episode? My favorite character was Enoch. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with it. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Famously, the head of the Pottsfield Chamber of Commerce. I just, I think he's my favorite character, not because of any way that he, like, drives the plot or anything, right? Because, like, nothing really comes from this interaction. Like, Greg, Beatrice don't necessarily grow a ton through their time in Pottsfield, aside from Beatrice, like, helping the boys escape, right, Mm -hmm. by, you know, releasing them, I guess. Right. But I just, I love the way that they form his character and, like, his figure in the community. I I love the character design. I love his voice. He's friendly and laid back, and he's a protector of his village. Also, his voice is totally iconic, and I wish my voice would go deep enough oh to be God. able to do his a good voice is impression. so soothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it is very threatening, but also like I want to fall asleep to that voice. <gasps> a few hours of manual, manual labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want him to like read me a bedtime story. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm obsessed. Or like with a that. Halloween spooky story. Like I want him to like be the greeter at my Halloween party yeah. just like as everyone enters he's like <laughs> welcoming them yeah yeah love yes love so now on to ratings yes I gave this episode a seven <gasps> okay why okay so keep in mind um we didn't do a refresher in the last episode in case anyone is just joining us for the over the garden wall um we do not follow like the American grading scale so a C is not average um, a 70% is not middle of the road. A five is middle. Five is neutral. Not good. Not bad. I always kind of think like when people hear 70% or a seven, they're like, oh, you didn't like it. And it's mm. like, no, I did. You know? Yeah. Okay. Like it's good. It's fun. I just don't think it's one of the most memorable ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of, like, that many fun moments that happen. There's no, like, iconic parts to this episode where when I think of Over the Garden Wall, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, you know, besides— Are you coming at my man Enoch? No, I'm not at all. I mean, like, <laughs> I think I think Enoch is the staple of this episode, but, like, that's about it. There's not really any 
I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't want to say there's not any quotable lines because there is like mm, a couple hours I mean, of manual it's also, labor. Right. It's also tough too, right? Because everything in Over the Garden Wall is a masterpiece, yes, right? And like obviously. the things that separate likes and dislikes between episodes are like so So tiny. minute. Oh so my God. I respect your opinion. Thank you. Um, Please tell me yours. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh my God. Amazing. Yes. Please tell and, me why. You know, again, like my favorite character, this doesn't really have anything to do with how this episode drives the whole plot of Over the Garden Wall forward. Mm-hmm. I just love the design of this episode and like where it takes place, right? So, and we'll talk about this more through the podcast, but each episode clearly takes place in a different time period, right? Yep. We didn't talk about this in the first episode, but that's clearly like kind of 1880s, like 1890s yeah. with just like the woodsman's character. Mm-hmm. And this is more of like our 1600s Puritan, but it also introduces a lot of really interesting fables that are mixed into it. Um, I really like the way that they talk about death. I love the way the town is set up. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and I think it also introduces Beatrice, as you said, in a really great way with her personality and her role overall in Mm -hmm. Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, I would agree fully. Yeah, even though I know I said I didn't like her earlier and then I changed my mind. And I also said that I think this introduces her well. I'm a complicated person. No, it's okay. I mean, it's complicated opinions. It's called multifaceted and dynamic. Like, you are not like one note. That's me. That's me. You are a fully fleshed out human being Mm -hmm. because you exist. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to producer and audio engineer Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Sonavent Productions, and AA Watermelons on Twitter, who made our cover art. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is keyframereframe at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at keyframereframe. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at tylerjohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. I'm Emma Meyer, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Emma Lee Meyer. That's E-M-M-A- L-E-I-G-H-M-Y-H-R-E. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.